I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. I'm here with a handful of good friends, because today we're talking about flaws, and nobody better to talk about flaws than Mr. Brian Miller. Hello. They can't see you when you head nod, sir. Mr. Sean Ulrich, which I will call you Ulrich on this podcast because we have another Sean. Perfect. Glad to be here. And Old Faithful, Mr. Sean Latimer. Hello. Today, we are talking about flaws. And I would love to open up this topic on both sides, right? Because in Thoughts on Money, we talk about life, right? We can talk about the flaws that we deal with as individuals, and then we can translate that to the investing side. So, Mr. Sean Latimer, what were your thoughts on today's article? First, I wanted to say that uh, listeners, you'll know after you read the article, but all the different categories, they kind of made me laugh. So did, did you already think of these? Did you have to Google a few? Or how'd you put it together? I made up all these categories on my own. I thought of them on the fly. And uh, I just thought of funny stories. And we'll help bring the podcast listeners up to speed. What I talked about in today's article was that none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And we have all have flaws. Yet, it seems like, and you can agree with me if you want, Sean Latimer, that we are really good at finding out someone else's flaws, and we are usually blinded to our own flaws. So to make this article fun, I identified these flaws that I see commonly in investors, and Sean's laughing because I gave them kind of funny names, but were they appropriate? They, they were. You, you kind of know exactly what you're talking about as you read each category. I, I enjoyed the article because I, I thought that, well, I hope I'm not jumping around too much, but I also thought that you did a really good job at pointing out that we as humans are good at justifying the things we do or the decisions we make by the, our environment or our circumstances. And then sometimes we try to change things and we think that, oh, that, that'll fix everything. And, uh, but it doesn't change who we are. Yeah. Like Ulrich, I don't know if you had this experience before, but I met with a friend recently and he was like, Hey, I really want to, this sounds odd, but I'm, I'm being serious. He's like, I really want to grow as an individual, hmm. right? I've seen that uh, I've had some trouble at work and I'm trying to kind of break through to the next level of my career. And I want you to be honest with me. Are there areas that I can work on? And those are difficult conversations, but they can also be fruitful conversations. So I know him well. So I said, here's like two or three things I would call out. And I could see when he's first digesting that, like Sean Latimer was saying, he wants to be like, oh, no, that's because of my boss or that's because of the culture at work or, or that. And I'm like, stop. Before you can get to this growth you want to get to, you have to first own this. No, that's perfect. And when I first read it, it reminded me, you know, we have two former college baseball players here of people asking, you know, what happened? What happened in your career? Why did you not continue moving forward and play professionally? And they wanted to give me an excuse. They wanted me to say, was it the coaching? You know, was it, was it this, was it that? And I had to be honest enough to tell them hey, it was me. You know, I was the reason that I didn't continue to move on. Yes, I had an injury, but there was a level of honesty there that, that needed to happen. And honestly, Trevor, you're one of the best at continuing to, to keep that good communication going. And so I see that uh, as just being a necessity uh, when it comes to having a good friend. I think it's so funny that you mentioned mm-hmm. that because yeah. we did a podcast recently. I wasn't the same type of athlete as you and Brian Miller. Like mm-hmm. you guys were on like ESPN, like, no, 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 no. Brian's a stud <laughs> for those that don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and Google search Brian Miller's yes. proposal um, don't and do you it. will enjoy it. <laughs> but it was funny. We did a podcast recently and mm-hmm. I got to say on the podcast, I was good at 
BMX racing. That's what I did, hmm. but I wasn't great. And it like, it felt like such a relief to say that. Cause I was competitive. I was good, but I wasn't great. Yeah. You know, I had friends that were great and sometimes like being able to face reality and not living in that, like uncle Rico, like high school football, like you were a Heisman. It's just like so freeing to be honest with yourself. Yeah. I definitely think I identify as one of these myself, the Mr. Magoo category. I don't know if we're going to go through and define all these, but kind of going through life without the self-reflection. I think self-reflection is hard. It requires effort and time. And it's nice to have somebody trusted in your life that can speak into you, especially when you don't want to speak, you know, into your own life. My wife is always saying, you know, go meet with your mentor because she feels like she's trying to get me to become a better person or you need to be journaling or you need to be evaluating yourself. And uh, it's hard to do. Yeah, we started out with that uh, old Greek maxim, which is like, know thyself, right? Just two words, super powerful. I will ask you guys, though, because we are all coming at this with different ages. Does everyone know who Mr. Magoo is? I do. Uh Uh-oh. I Uh-oh. do not. <laughs> Sean Ulrich doesn't. So you're going to have to go ahead and uh, use the YouTube okay. and go ahead and look up Mr. Magoo. Just basically, it's a cartoon, and uh, he's basically blind. And he walks around, and he gets he always gets to his destination, but his path to get there has a lot of humor. He walks on to, like, cranes and all these, like, dangerous situations and just has no idea what's going on. So what Brian Miller was referencing is one of the investor flaws we identified in the article was the Magoo. And the Magoo, when it comes to investors, is somebody that loves to take action, but hates to plan. So they're, they're, they're keen to, to pick investments and to do this, but then you, you nail them down to say, hey, what was the objective? What was the design? And they never go there. And the nice thing for that person, it's a flaw, so it's actually not a nice thing, is that they can easily deflect ownership of of a bad situation because they'll blame the market because they didn't have a plan to measure it against. Yeah, and I I won't leave uh, Mr. Old out to dry because when I first read this, I saw Samantha, the neighborhood witch, and my first thought was, isn't it Sabrina? And then I realized, oh, that's like the kid show that I grew up with, the teenage witch. I actually did not watch the other one. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's funny because I am the oldest on this podcast, but I also have a little bit of advantage. Me and Mr. Latimer have talked about this before, but my older brother is six years older than me. So all the type of TV shows they would have watched. Now, granted, Bewitched is from the mid-1960s, but when I was younger, there was something called Nick at Night. So those old shows would come on at nighttime, and uh, I was unparented, so I'd just stay up late. (laughs) (laughs) We should go to the baseball one, since we have a couple of baseball players on the podcast. And uh, side note, if I heard anyone ask either of you, like, hey, why aren't you guys playing professional baseball? I would defend you, because I don't think people realize how hard it is. And uh, it's an accomplishment alone that you guys both play D1 baseball. Shout out, Brian Miller won a national championship. And... uh, I don't think people understand how hard of a sport it is to play at that level. So I give you guys lots of kudos. Well, thank you. I appreciate so it. Brian Miller was uh, seeing himself as the Mr. Magoo. Anybody else see themselves as one of these descriptors? Yeah, I, I think false humility could be something that people will walk around a lot with. And I think that you and I will have, you know, conversations about different client interactions that we'll have. And if we can identify that in ourselves, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to be able to point out with other people. And in a way, you know, you go back to, you know, that's a version of of loving and serving that person well, as opposed to just telling them what they want to hear, taking them down a road that that I think a lot of people would take them down. 
which ultimately is is not in their best interest. You're so, dancing around the topic. So which one are you? Uh, I'm definitely the one. Uh, I'll go with uh, the wh- whichever the first one is. Are you the Babe Ruth? Yeah, probably. You're, you're, you're thinking like, how how good could this investment be? Exactly. Just imagine. Exactly. I'll go the Babe Ruth one. Yeah, the Babe Ruth, man. Uh, famous for always pointing to the fences, mm. always going for the home runs, right? Yeah. I can't tell you how many people, and I'll apologize right off the bat, but uh, not trying to be stereotypical, but so many doctors that I've served over the years mm. uh, tell me about, hey, this revolutionary thing that my friend introduced me to that's only allowing so many private investors. And case after case after case, they're looking for grand slams. And I'm like, man, your financial plan doesn't need that. And for me, that flaw, from my experience, can be the most detrimental. Yeah, and they'll have that one home run, the, the one that did work, and they'll reference back to it. And you're like, that was like 15 years ago. And you've had 20 of them that didn't work at all. And so now, like the great equalizer, like it... it you're now negative to where you would have been if you just stuck with the plan. Yeah, and, and we live in the social media era where you're hearing success stories of all these home runs all the time, so it's definitely easy to fall into that category. Which is like an easy segue to the nosy neighbor. So Mrs. Kravitz, Gladys Kravitz in that show, only other person recording, Mr. Brian Tong, will know who that is. She was the nosy neighbor. Like it, Every scene was kind of her looking through the window shades and finding out next door because uh, Samantha was a witch and nobody knew it, but she knew it through these interactions, but nobody would believe her. So what is the Mrs. Kravitz when it comes to investors? The folks that are obsessed with their neighbor's results, with their neighbor's financial plan, and kind of what I said there, hey, let's just be really direct with you. What your neighbor did, what your neighbor is doing, or what your neighbor said they did or said they're doing has no bearing on your financial plan. So it's like this idea of rubbernecking that can cause you so much trouble and distraction from your own financial plan. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very applicable to your financial life, also to your personal life, to your family life. It's, uh, it can be a real thorn in your side. And, you know, we get a lot of people that call in or watch financial TV. And, you know, there's a lot of the big idea or what everybody's doing why aren't we involved in that? Or what do we need to be looking at? Um, you know, are we missing this opportunity? And so we definitely talk to a lot of clients that are fall into this category. And I think if I can speak a little bit to it, a lot of the times that the, the conviction is not necessarily there, you know, with that particular investment, it may be that I've heard it. And then, you know, we'll always try to just kind of unpack the layers of what made them interested in the first place. And it could be, oh, it's just done incredibly well. All right, well, if you try to unpack that, does that actually serve you? Does it actually serve your plan? Does it fit up to what you're doing? And most of the time it doesn't. You know, most of the time it's just a hot idea. I'm going to self-identify as the (laughs) overthinker. I think that, uh, like, when I read that one, it hit home because I'll spend way too much time researching or looking to save, you know, whether it's, like, car insurance or something like that. And uh, I almost spend too much time on something that doesn't really move the needle. And we've talked about that a lot versus kind of sticking to the basic blocking and tackling the things that financial planning is all about. Yeah, what Sean Latimer's highlighting there is, uh, I think I said, spending an abnormal amount of time on an abnormally small issue. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That kind of brings us to a place, and you guys have all heard it before, but that a strength 
can become a weakness. Is that how they say it? Mm, yeah. Or, or, or something yeah. of that nature. So I would actually say it's a strength of yours, Mr. Latimer, because when I'm thinking about buying something or doing something, I will usually go to you and say, hey, you've probably researched this because he knows all the ins and outs and has been all to the Reddit forums and stuff like that. So I think you are correct that paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. uh, could could be kind of an, uh, that overused strength, but it is a strength of yours. So it, it reminds us that our, our flaws can even be hidden in our strengths. Well, thank you. You know, we have people at the Bonson Group, like our financial planning team, that will get down to the nitty gritty and love to do the research. And I think it's cool that we partner with them, that we can, you know, say, this part's maybe not as important. This part is actionable. Let's work together and put, you know, formulate this into the plan and give some actionable ideas. So I think it's, it's good to partner with people like that when you may not fit that mold. Yeah, I mean, we'd be preaching our own book, but I will say in the evolution of the Bonson Group, what I've greatly appreciated is being able to approach a client situation from a team perspective rather than an individual. Trevor, let me ask you, so you had lunch with your friend, you gave him feedback. Did he start to accept some of it or was he uh, defensive the whole time? Or or I don't know how long ago was it? Has he started to place some of these things in action? Or Yeah, it's a good question. So I think two things. One, it depends on the relationship that you have. So for this particular individual, and he knows this, I have nothing to gain from him changing those things, right? So what he has is two choices. What would Trevor's angle be, right? I'm not trying to push him or direct him anyway. One, I was invited in to give that feedback. So I think feedback at first hurts, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it forces us into self-reflection like Brian Miller's wife tries to get him to do. But I think at the end of the day, he wants to grow. So I'm sure this is true for professional athletes. They'll watch a handful of game film and they'll be like, hey, everybody knows you like to go right. Mm-hmm. So like in basketball, so like it's just a reality that's going to be trouble for you. So I think he received it. But I think as somebody who gives advice, what's been on my heart a lot lately is if you're in a discipleship relationship or you're an overseer or you're, you're the giver of the advice, you have to have a lot of patience for those things to really grab root. You know what I mean? Because when somebody first hears something that they could be a blind spot, for them to change overnight seems like impossible. Like David Bonson for the last like four years has been trying to teach me the word well instead of good. And uh, God, I can't do it. He, he'll, he'll say to me, I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, how's this new person doing? Are they doing good? He's like, they're doing well because that's how grammar works. And uh, I'm like, uh, yeah. And even Kenny Molina today is like, Superman does good you are doing well. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, oh, I can't get that through my brain, but it will one day. So I think there is this aspect of, of patience. Like if you're going to be an advice giver, you can help identify this. And I think the nice thing is once you've identified it once or twice, you can softly bring it up and be like, hey, do you think this is kind of what we talked about last time or is this different? And usually somebody, it'll stop them in their tracks. Like, oh, you're probably right. And they'll be a little bit more thoughtful. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, that is the worst when you provide that feedback and they look at you mm-hmm. like you're crazy. Like they've never heard that before. And they're like, really? And then you're like, oh, shoot. Now I have to like convince them about this advice. I'm like, oh, this isn't fun. Yeah. And some of these can be hard too. Like the one that stood out to me, again, I was naming these off the cuff, but I know you've had these type of clients, the sugar daddy. Yeah, that one stood out to me the most because it, it happens a lot. You go into the planning process and normally when people are good savers over time they're and they're prudent spenders they're not going to break that habit very fast right 
but it's when people have uh, like an unexpected financial windfall or an inheritance and they were bad spenders to begin with and now it's it's just amplified and you kind of point out to them like hey if you continue at this pace you want to be nice but you're going to run out of money and they go oh i know i know i know but this is different because this year isn't going to be like next year and they justify it and make excuses and all i'm thinking is no it's been the same for 4 years and it's probably going to continue so there there is a there is difficulty in dealing with different personalities and knowing the type of pushback that you'll get and it's not negative pushback sometimes you're like oh i know you're right and then they continue to do the same thing it's tough because when you're an advisor you can start to formulate stereotypes and the bad part about stereotypes is they're usually true so for this idea of a sugar daddy right it's somebody whose financial plan should work based on their income but the financial plan's broken based on their spending. Mm-hmm. So if you come across somebody that's making a million dollars a year and you see a balance sheet that is like $2 million and you're like, huh, you've been making this much money for a decade and you only have two times your income saved up, there's probably a problem here. Where that becomes a problem is that income is probably not going to be able to be made forever. So sometimes for those people we've talked about on a past podcast, you have to put in like appropriate disability insurance, life insurance, because, man, your family relies on that and you haven't created this safety net via a balance sheet. Yeah. And I think the dynamic of the relationship um, of the advice giver to the client or friend is, is so important. I think the sugar daddy is a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough piece of advice to give. And so even um, when my wife and I initially got married, we hired a financial budget coach because we just weren't comfortable having that conversation together. Uh, it, it always ended very emotional and you know we were mad at each other. So having somebody outside of the circle give us some ideas on how to get better at this was really important. Did it help? Would it you really recommend helped. it? Yeah, yeah, I would highly recommend it, especially if you and your spouse have very different spending habits. It's really nice to have like an objective point of view, a counselor, and you can pay him under the table and say, hey, say this to your to my wife. Yeah, exactly. That's why it helped. <laughs> no, no, but it, it was great. And it, it was all about the dynamic of the relationship that was, you know, so important. Those decisions are hard for people to make, too, because it's kind of ironic that you're like, hey, we're spending too much money. So we're going to go spend money on someone to tell us how to spend less money. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well worth it, though. <laughs> well worth it. You bring up a good point there, though, and you guys can chime in on this, mm-hmm. but there's something about having another set of eyes, right? That uh, you're bringing in, you're talking about two people in a relationship and a third person can be really helpful. And that's kind of where we find ourselves from a career perspective. What are your thoughts on that, Ulrich? Yeah, I was going to say it's it's making me think of the word temperament, you know, and that's so crucial to have a long-term successful investing career, be able to manage your finances effectively. And when you do hire somebody like a member of the Bonson Group, you have David Bonson at the top, clear leader providing you with a strategy that really doesn't uh, make you have to worry about market timing or getting in and out. So there's a there's an ease that comes along with the internal strategy. And so then you have the relationship, you know, between yourself and the advisor. And that's earned over a long period of time. And so I feel like what you're saying is we can identify temperaments. And if you can do that and help it uh, with spending and you can marry those two things together, I feel like you're going to help somebody really, really improve where they currently are, you know, to where you're hoping to get them. So I like going back to temperament first and then also being able to build that trust over a long period of time. Do you know what Warren Buffett Mm -hmm. says is the most important quality for successful investing? Temperament. Temperament. 
Yeah, mm. nailed it. Sean Latimer puts his shoulders up, nothing to say. But I have a question for you, Mr. Latimer. I'm ready. You and I have worked together for 20 years, even before the Bonson Group. That's true. Past behavior is the best. Uh, indicator of future behavior. Exactly. So <laughs> Sean and I it's had an article, a, but it is true. It's what? I said, it's in the article. Oh, it is in the article. It is true. <laughs> Do you remember it from our past career? Was it David Harmon? Uh, one of those gentlemen. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But it was, we, we learned this idea of behavioral interviewing, and they wanted us to ask questions that basically would draw stories out of somebody to find out what their past behavior was. Because it goes back with this theme that folks are thematic. You know what I mean? So if those flaws existed in the past, you could find them kind of in future. And I'm sure people use that in dating relationships and things like that. You know, you go on a first date and they're like, oh, you know, I've been in 10 other relationships in the last nine months. And you're like, hmm, there's probably something there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, you get like these little details and, and you can kind of start to formulate your opinion of them. And then by the time you ask them questions of what they would do in this situation or how they would handle it, you kind of already know how they're going to answer it based off of past employers or, you know, why things didn't work out and what they're looking to do in the future. Well, as we close out, we talked about the Babe Ruth, but we did not acknowledge that I put an amazing Sandlot quote in here. Was anybody excited about that? I was. I was impressed that you had it in there. I know you had to do a quick Google to make sure you said it all right. I 100% did. And you know what I put in there? What? Did anybody notice? The Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossal of Clout, the Colossal of Clout. The doubled. The double. The, well, that's how it was in the, yep, yeah, the, the brothers. The twins, yeah, the brothers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. My little boys are just like that. Love that movie. Just had to plug that in there. I think you and your boys watch that at least 10 times a year, Sean. Pretty much. Yeah, it's a great summer and, movie. And for those that are lazy and won't read the article and are just listening, not lazy, but yeah. prefer Ooh, this communication, <laughs> we have The Salt and the Swat, The Nosy Neighbor, The Mr. Magoo, The Bambi, The Chicken Litter, Little, The Overthinker, and The Sugar Daddy, all original ideas by Trevor. Those are solid. Those are all off the cuff. I'm sure we could think of more. The problem why I didn't expand more is because I refuse to use more than like 1,200 words. Yeah. So uh, that's why The Bambi, The Chicken Little, The Overthinker, and The Sugar Daddy only got one sentence. But it's the funny thing about being an advisor for a long time. You accumulate stories and behaviors, and you see themes, right? And one thing that I've learned is when you start to see those themes – you prepare yourself uh, on two sides on, hey, how am I going to help this person grow? And then I need to build up my grace, right? And patience because, uh, you know, everybody is coming from somewhere. So we appreciate you two gentlemen who are just well-versed in flaws uh, joining us <laughs> all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. That's my expertise. And, oh, I probably should ask, why are you guys here? Uh, we are here for the Bonson Group Annual Conference. Oh, it's um, called the annual conference now. Retreat conference. Retreat. You're like, um, we would never sounds, retreat. Conference sounds way more business-like, yeah. and we are doing a lot of business meetings, yeah. also having a lot of fun, so that's yeah. why we're out here. And last year was in Nashville, Tennessee? It was. And the year before was in? Huntington Beach. Ooh, good job. And the year before was in? Palm Springs. Don't know. And the year before was in <laughs> New York? Yeah. COVID year, somewhere in there. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, you guys excited about the annual retreat? We are. This is my first year at the annual retreat. So I'm really looking forward to just the dynamic of it all, getting to meet everybody. You know, there's been a lot of Zooms over this past year, being able to connect with people. So actually meeting them in person and uh, having that conversation is going to be great. Oh, you'll have to participate in the hazing event. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be led by me. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, um, at this point, we'll ask that you rate the podcast. Five stars are preferred. If you want to reach any of us, that is Mr. Sean Latimer, Sean number two, Sean Ulrich, 
Brian Miller, Trevor Cummings. Easy way to get a hold of us, Tom, T-O-M, at thebonsagroup.com. Questions, comments, tell us about your love for Sandlot. Uh, We appreciate all emails. That is all we have for you today, and we'll be back next week with more of our Thoughts Thoughts on on money. Money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.